0: We started a podcast. It's podcast born Phoenix-like from the ashes of last year's and last week's podcast. I am your co-host, Jeff.
1: And I am your other co-host, Nick.
0: And this is our podcast where we come together and talk about some of the things that are fun and interesting to us. Nick, 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 Nick.
1: Jeff, Jeff, Jeff.
0: Okay. I, do you remember the time where we talked about inkjet printers? This has been I... a whole, all of two weeks ago.
1: Uh-huh, I remember.
0: And was there any any particular uh takeaways that you had from that conversation that you would like to like summarize yeah. for anybody, maybe uh, a new listener or anything?
1: You you really like inkjet printers. I said, "Jeff, I don't know if they're that good." And you said, "No, no, Nick, I'm very pra- passionate about this. Uh it's it's real good." Yeah. That's all. And it was uh very
0: level-headed and honestly mm-hmm. like you're calm. If you were to, you know, summarize, you know, just the inkjet printer uh, like, landscape, like, everything around inkjet printers, I don't think that you could have done a more, uh, you know, balanced perspective on inkjet printers as an industry than what I gave our listeners two weeks ago.
1: Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, would you say that's true? That's true. That's very true. Very, okay. very true.
0: I just want to say, um, based on the, the conversations that we had, and, you know, I had already said that I had decided that the inkjet printer lifestyle was not for me, and I had moved on to the laser printer lifestyle. I didn't really honestly care the cost. Which was weird,
1: because you were so happy about your your inkjet. Uh, but continue.
0: I, well, you know, happy's one word. I would say... Uh-huh. Uh, passionate? Uh, passionate. I was so passionate about my inkjet <laughs> printer. Um, I've entered into <laughs> oh, the God. laser jet printer lifestyle. And I'm pretty like anti-paper in general, so I don't like print a lot of things. But Nick, I'll tell you, I have printed just random screenshots of stuff just to enjoy the glorious reliability of a laser
1: printer. <laughs> Jeff, can I just tell you, you sound like an old old man right now. Like, are you, why? <laughs> why am I are you printing okay, like, why? Your Facebook no. status that you liked or something? Like, what's going on, Jeff? What are you printing? No, there's nothing. No, I, I'm printing nothing. <laughs> Honestly, the most. Re- I'm
0: literally looking at it right here. You're listening to paper. Yeah, I. Okay. I am. I had printed off a screen cap of the rivers uh,
1: Wikipedia page, which is okay. a little bit of unfortunate. Okay, go ahead and. One that. There's two things with that. One, you tried to convince me that you have printed nothing by making paper sounds at me. <laughs> no, no, I said no. I said I've printed random things just to, uh, yes, I to enjoy I know, I know, I know but well, you like try to convince me by like listen to the paper Nick <laughs> Nick oh my gosh I'm getting <laughs> mad again Nick it's not even about the exact printers I, know. I, I know. just want to print things to prove that I can without it know, being an annoying know, process I know, I know, I know. and Nick I'm glad that I'm glad that that, was, that worked oh, thank out you. very well I, I, know that, I know what you're getting at I do I do but man I just, how, how big I don't want to how big up. is the
0: room that you're in that you can backpedal so far <laughs>
1: <laughs> I do want to say. Let me forward pedal one more time. Okay, Pr- okay. A, All right, I'll print the Wikipedia page. is not very far from. <laughs> <laughs> Facebook status just because I love it. I love it, Jeff. Nicholas, <laughs> I think you're like the third person to print a Wikipedia page. It is just to prove that I can without it being annoying. It I is know. so satisfying. Because, Nick, here's I'm what glad. you can
0: do. Here's what you can do with uh, a laser jet or whatever it's called the non inkjet printer. You could just hit print and then the thing comes out of the printer and you don't have to worry about it coming out. Like, it's just, it works. It's great. I love you, brother printer. Uh, it's oh called. My gosh. It's a Brother brand printer. Uh, it's great. Yeah. So they uh, sponsor for this week. Uh, so if you go to brother. dot com forward slash printer forward slash uh, tie with sap, uh use code. Uh, what's her code, Nick? This is not. Uh, this is not real. Okay. <laughs> code. This is not real. Brother.com, A printer that works.
1: Okay, Jeff. I had a conversation this week about th- the show, and uh, this is more just that I. Uh, I hate this kind of thing. I'm do
0: already an, anxious to the max. Thing. Do you have an
1: elevator pitch for our show? <laughs> yeah, like if you were telling somebody about our show, do you have like an elevator pitch?
0: I do. I'm sure I do. Yeah, uh, here we go. Uh, it is just a thing that me and uh, my buddy out in California named Nick. <laughs> okay, that is me. Hi. Hold on. Let's go back to the first floor and down we go. And all right, we're going back up. Uh, yeah, it's just <laughs> the thing that um, me and Nick—he's uh, a buddy of mine from California—we uh, talk about some of the things that are fun and interesting to us. Like, frig. No, I don't, Nick.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's what I say. So I said, fun it, I said, "what's funny and interesting to us?" And I was telling—I was having this conversation with my mom, and she's like, "What's what? What kind of stuff is that?" And I was like, "Lots of stuff. I don't know." Why don't you tell me what kind of stuff's fun and interesting? <laughs> like, <laughs> so I, I was instantly like, I don't I don't know how to describe it. I don't know how to narrow it down. And, and, so I guess what I would say now is that um, it's kind of like comedic. It's like our normal conversations where it's friendly and comedic. And then sometimes it's also just us sharing things and like pushing ourselves to find out about things that we wouldn't normally talk about. So that uh, to kind of broaden our horizons or whatever, right?
0: I've gotten more uh, <laughs>
1: comfortable calling
0: it a comedy podcast even though I don't think it's particularly a comedy podcast. Like I do I what you mean. Like I I I used when we had to first do it, uh I chose comedy and leisure as the uh Apple iTunes like thing that you had to choose when we uh had to upload it for the first time. Yeah. And uh, like I didn't really know how I felt about that, but To me, it's like I want to find topics that are funny or, like, genuinely interesting or a combination of both is even better. And so usually, like, this has happened more and more where I've had to have a description of what it is that this (laughs) stupid thing even is. And I I don't have, like, a consistent pitch for that. And it is a little bit uncomfortable because, like, even doing – talking about the, the the show on reddit because i do that occasionally yeah. like it is
1: a little bit hard to say like exactly what it is uh it's because we yeah because the, the the comedy thing i think it's more that like the format makes it comedic because we're not trying to have a conversation about like I, i've i recently started listening to some things that are like vaguely history and like, that's not – a topic about history isn't usually that funny. Like, there's a little bit jokes mixed in. But this is just two friends goofing around big, dude, here's a thing I read about or here's the thing I wanted to talk to you about or whatever. And that that's going to usually involve some goofing around or whatever, you know. I, I Goofing around is the wrong word. I don't know. But jokes, right?
0: Well, and like last week we shared some YouTube channels that we enjoy. And yeah. the mechanic guy I consider funny – and Bam. I honestly wouldn't hate him if he said like he's a comedy uh, mechanic YouTube channel, <laughs> even though that's like definitely not right. his purpose. But he's genuinely funny with some of the things he does. Like, so I, it's not wrong. It's just like, how else do you describe it? It's it's hard. It's yeah. really hard.
1: Yeah, I I that's that's exactly it. It's
0: like how else do you describe it? Yeah, I completely agree. All right, let's let's try Nick. I I want you. We're and we're in the elevator. Hi Nick, what do you do as a, a hobby, not as a profession? Specific- I don't do anything. Don't talk to me. <laughs> do, do you? <laughs> I'll be in the corner of my phone. Me- <laughs> oh, no! You, you forgot the part where you fake the phone call that you have to take. Uh, uh,
1: yeah. it's, it's, this is uh, this is my wife and my boss. Uh, bye.
0: <laughs> what do you what do you tell Jen? Like what? What would you? Well, J- what, Jen, what, what Jen, would Jen, Jen understands my what, weirdness. Okay. What, what would Jen say that we do?
1: <laughs> okay, so probably I would say something like it mm-hmm. is a podcast that I do with, with uh, my friend out in Kansas. Like you said, uh, we talk about like a lot of stuff, kind of like miscellaneous stuff, um, nothing specialized and nothing targeted or focused, but just stuff that we have found interesting. That's that is not news related or serious, uh, serious or political uh topics that are fun for us and we try to have fun having those conversations just joking around and uh in a kind of casual setting that would kind of be my man like freaking
0: so precise i'm so proud of you
1: <laughs> hey well, uh, so part of the reason i want to have this conversation is i i used to do, i want to uh, try i want to try go ahead, first go, go you, for yeah, you yeah you go okay go, tell me Okay,
0: this is my my genuine try, the most genuine try I've ever given all this night. Uh okay, so it's a podcast that me and my friend do. We want to talk about some of the things that are, you know, the the things that are more fun and more things that we're interested in and not trying to get sucked into all the, you know, the stupid stuff that goes on all on all the time. Like, we, this <laughs> this past year has proven and honestly even before then, the past decade, like, we are trending much more toward all the crazy things and, like, I just... I think there's so many good things just to have fun and a good time talking about, and that's what we try to do. How to do, that? Bam! I, pass. I like it. I, pass. I like it. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll cut that down and post, and it'll sound so flipping good.
1: <laughs> Hell yeah, it will. Okay, uh, I have a point to this. Okay, my point is kind of that, dude. I, I hate elevator pitches. I used okay. to work a uh, jobs that were you know like essentially sales jobs, uh, but like, dude. I hate the idea of elevator pitches. I feel like it's hard to have that conversation with like anybody um, or on any topic. I don't know, man. It's just it's just awkward and I I'm not a fan of it. And I feel like the the reason is that if you want to talk to somebody about why you would like they would like something, like if I was trying to actually convince someone that I just don't know about it, I'd want to know them and then know like Oh, do you do you have car rides where you're bored or whatever? Or do you feel like things are a little bit too serious and there's no escape from everything all the time? Well, dude, that's what me that's how I feel. That's why me and my friend talk about just random miscellaneous stuff that we think is fun to try to yeah. be like positive. You know what I mean? That that would be how I'd want to have that conversation and not have it as like a here, I've got 30 seconds of your time. Let me just get your undivided attention so I can convince you on a life-changing thing. And it's like, ugh. I don't know. I don't know how, I
0: don't know if I will uh, explain that uh eloquently no, enough. But. No, it, it, you, I see what you're saying. I uh <clears throat> I definitely feel the same way and I actually got really good at doing the fake version of that when I worked at Blockbuster. I <laughs> <laughs> I was the top salesman of Blockbuster rewards uh like a Oof. year before they went out of just in the Kansas area, not not nationwide.
1: What you're what you're telling me though is that you didn't have long-term customer attention, you know? <laughs> I,
0: I'm very sorry, Blockbuster. I caused all the problems that you had. Um but but no, I like I was really, really good at convincing people to sign up for the rewards program because I could shape it in a way that was beneficial to them. And it kind of felt a little bit gross, but like it was my job and I was, you know, 16 years old or whatever it was. But I I, honestly, the crazy thing is like I didn't even work full time. Like I was beating out all these people that worked that job full time. And I was just some kid that worked like 30 hours a week or whatever.
1: Just Uh, out here with the exploitative sales practices. Yes. All right. I'm I'm
0: part of the problem. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) If I could
1: go Pre- back, half predatory it, blockbuster membership practices out here. I didn't hey, know. Hey Nick,
0: I'll <laughs> let you know that is more than half my lifetime apart from where I am now. So I feel uh-huh. like I'm uh, past the statute of the limitations of judgment.
1: <laughs> uh, I, uh, that I, is not true. That there is no. If, there's if you're no you're more, than, <laughs> if you're more than half
0: of your lifetime away from whatever it is that you're talking about, you're good. So I'm um, good.
1: That that may be true for everybody else in the world, but not for me. I am willing to judge anyone on any criteria that I assume at any time. Don't worry about it. that's
0: fair. That's fair. (laughs) Oh, gosh. All right, Nick, I would like to talk to you about Rivers. We've talked that this is going to be a thing that we actually do have on the show. I think it's been three weeks in the making uh, where I've talked either that, either on the podcast or off the podcast to you. Yes, we're gonna th- we're gonna flip and talk about rivers, Nick.
1: And, and for our, uh, I know that this is one of our listeners submitted uh, I, topic ideas, and I I really appreciate that one that we got a, a good listener submitted topic. But two, I hope everyone knows that like, and for the person who submitted it, we just take forever. My main topic for next week, knock on wood, I have had as my main topic, like in my keep notes thing for like. A month at least and i'm like just i gotta do it right i'm gonna do it right if i'm gonna talk about it so yeah
0: <laughs> yes we continue. are so we are so good so uh thank you lynn for submitting this topic uh, i'm very excited to talk about rivers and more here's the thing nick i'm not sure if you're aware i am not exactly an expert in riverology i think that's mm-hmm. a word is that right that's
1: that it checks you're, out. To you're, me. You're, I mean, you're
0: the English major between the yeah, two of
1: us. Uh, as an English major, uh yeah, it's definitely a word.
0: Okay. I I'm not exactly an expert in the art of rivers, but I did, through the process of learning about rivers, realize how true that statement is. This is this is gonna be a bit of a journey together, much as a, a journey across a river is. Uh so
1: first wow. off. Wow, Jeff, that that wasn't your best. But continue. <laughs> <It's> not- <laughs> Just, I love you so well much. screw you buddy I'm trying my best I'm so, I'm
0: so critical of you, you, you do I'm you, you have any idea what's work I put into this you butt <laughs> <laughs> Nick the actual papers I was doing I know. this with I know. I know that's three pages of research and I have right. three pages of written or go. also typed
1: okay here we go talk to me I want, it, I want uh, to hear it it's not that it's just the pun was bad <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay while we're talking about puns um Nick, first off, what do you? Uh, I hate doing this because I I hate asking just a question of that's so open and that you have no idea.
1: I don't have I don't know almost anything about rivers. Okay, I, I am do out of you, touch on rivers. Do you Tell you know me what, about them.
0: Do you know what the closest river to me is that is a major river? Uh, no, it is. Uh, I'm gonna put this into chat. Hold on. What do you think that this word? <laughs> how would you how would you say that?
1: um tie with sap arkansas okay arkansas did,
0: did you know that as a real thing
1: yeah i know that arkansas is a thing
0: okay so we call the river that i can see from my office that i can like it's actually a really beautiful view uh but yeah we we call the river that flows through wichita the arkansas river if you say the Uh, Arkansas—it's hard for me to even say. If you you call it the Arkansas River here in Kansas, you will uh, be—I don't know—thrown out of the state. I think it might be a uh, an offense worthy of jail time. I'm not exactly sure. Probably.
1: It sounds like it. Arkansas
0: River, Wichita. Hold on, let me let me send you a picture of this. Just to give you—it's very pretty. Hold on.
1: Okay. Anyways,
0: that's kind of what it looks like from my building, except for higher up. Like, he's super cool. That's a nice river. It's a good river. It's a good Uh, view. Yeah. So the Arkansas River uh, is one that flows through uh, Kansas and specifically Wichita uh, for us. That is why I care about it. Uh, It starts in Colorado. It goes through our, uh, our state and then through Oklahoma. And then, surprise, surprise, goes through Arkansas and then feeds into the Missouri River. So that is... That is my my favorite river because I get to see it every day and is pretty cool. Uh, there is the Mississippi River. Do you know anything about the Mississippi River, Nick?
1: Uh, very little. That it's big and that's how people use to like denote east from west. <laughs>
0: yeah, no. Honestly, that is true. Um, it is. Have you have you been to New Orleans ever? I have not. I want to. So. One thing, if you ever go to New Orleans or, like, drive between New Orleans and Baton Rouge, you can see, like, the swamplands as it goes into the Gulf. And that is the Missouri River branching off into all of its little different parts. And it is absolutely gorgeous. I want to talk about one more river. But before I go on, are there any rivers near you that uh, are particularly meaningful?
1: we have major lakes so this is like you said that um like that people don't appreciate how like or how big the like and how like uh i don't know exactly how you said it but like people don't appreciate how big those rivers are i mean it's kind of interesting because i i feel the same way about lakes like there's lakes that i've been at that that feel like oceans when you're on them uh like lake shasta and stuff is just like absolutely massive um and i loved lake shasta uh where's that at that's like very far northern california um near okay. the border to uh to oregon but i've been, i had been like houseboating there but it's it's very true and it's it puts into uh perspective scale for our, our society and how like reliant we are on these giant bodies of water like it's kind of crazy to me that, that that the river can literally like separate two parts of our freaking continent that that's uh not succinctly but that strictly that uh, I don't know the word I'm looking for exactly, but you know what I mean.
0: So, so to build on that, uh, if you want to talk about Reliant. So the last thing I want to talk about uh, is, like, w- the last river that I want to talk about specifically is the Nile River. Uh, you might have heard of it. I've, I, once or twice. Um, So... Uh, it is extremely important uh, to that area. Uh, so Egypt is built obviously all around the Nile River. May I
1: may I Go interrupt ahead. for one second? Yeah, so I googled Mississippi River and um, well, like while we we're talking, and there's a Google image of like a bunch of rivers uh, overlaid on the United States. And oh my God, the Mississippi River Basin and the like connected rivers, is kansas and just the midwest just rivers because this is insane this is we this we is do wild. have some
0: very very beautiful rivers
1: uh in our area yeah but they, they go everywhere they web everywhere like they're all the hell over guys like there's it, there doesn't <laughs> seem to be enough room for for humans to live here uh, this this map is obviously probably I, not <laughs> to scale in terms of how so, much of the, uh, yeah so
0: rivers worldwide cover 0.1 percent of all mass uh wow or all surface mass so it's not this. Not this super image big. seems to imply that
1: for the Midwest, it may actually be. Oh, that's not a good. Uh, but this, uh, this image seems to imply. This Wikipedia image seems to imply that for the Midwest, it may be closer to fifty percent than it is to point one percent. But that's, I, that's just regional, right? Regional differences. That's all. This is yeah, deal.
0: Here in Kansas, yeah, definitely fifty percent river, fifty percent flatland. That's <laughs> okay. Good, good. And somehow also fifty percent wheat. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> it's, it's crazy. But Hold on, uh, Jeff. okay, do the math. I, I, wanna, was, I don't I wanna, think that's worth. I want
0: to talk about the Nile River. Real talk briefly. to me about the Nile yeah. River,
1: please. Uh,
0: the the Nile was. I mean, it is in an area that is otherwise desert. So obviously, a freshwater source in the desert is going to be an absolute lifeblood for all civilization in that area, and the, like it, you, you could not. Stress that enough. Like that is why all of the area around the Nile was inhabited, and honestly, even today in that area of northeast Africa, like it is all like population-wise completely centered around the Nile River. Even today, where we have so much more technology, it is all still centered around that.
1: Right. You would think that like water, like being that uh, approximate, uh, like being approximately closer to a uh, to a body of water should not be critically important, but
0: it is actually like still a huge deal. Um, there is a lot of uh, political things around damming the Nile River and what the impacts would be and like the legality of that sort of thing. Because the uh, ownership of rivers is a really interesting thing. And uh, like, if you think about it, if you are a country upriver on the Nile and you need electricity and, or you want irrigation oh. – you, if you own
1: that land why then, do you not own all the water even though the water is rolling down right. the street it's, it's, yeah. a very,
0: it's a very complicated thing as you might imagine and I'm, I'm definitely not going to try to uh, do that justice but uh, that has been over the past you know 20 or so years been a really big uh, point of interest politically of what is the legal uh, ownership of the Nile River because you can't Like if you dam up that too far upriver, that is going to have absolutely astronomical impacts downstream like to huge, huge amounts of people. So even though that might be your country, you're having a disproportionate impact to those downstream. Anyways, so the Nile River is absolutely the lifeblood of Egypt and those around that that path through northeastern uh, Africa and it goes through uh, three predictable seasons one and this like like Nick this is like stuff that is still thought of today as the seasons of the Nile but has been the thing for like before proper huh. like like ancient times like this has not changed like it's still the three right. things it's the flood season the growing season and the harvest season and, like, all of the life around the Nile, as far as agriculture goes, is based on these three things, those three seasons, and has been since far before written records have been a thing that exists. Like, That's- it is so baked into that area, so baked into ancient history, that is
1: just how it is. That kind that, of stuff is super cool. That, that Scratch is like a part of me that's like – just has like a wonder for the, the freaking world. Well, that, we, just, we talked about it last time. Like
0: just like the the craziness of evolution and just like what has happened over time and just how crazy all that is. It's the exact same yeah. thing on a shorter time scale for sure. But like, like we have – like you know we have developed so many crazy things but nick that is like so built into this area that it still matters for the past like you know multiple thousands of years which is like unfathomable amount of time for something to still be relevant
1: it seems like a long time i don't think that i'm relevant for, like, like, what I do, I don't think is relevant to myself on a day-to-day basis. So.
0: <laughs> right. I don't, I, I'm not exactly sure that this will be relevant, uh, you know, six months from now. But, you know, we'll, we're, we're going to do our best. Um, oh, my God. But, yeah, so rivers in that area, super important for irrigation. Uh Back in the day and even still now was, like, a, you know, a real – pivotal point uh in how civilization formed it was a big point uh for religion in that area uh trade up and down the well up <laughs> down the river was uh, a huge part of that because that is a fairly far inland part of the continent to be able to get goods to uh being able to for go sure. down into the middle of Africa or middle you know northeast middle of Africa and so that really made that area very very you know a lush place to be a civilization back in the day and even now which led me to look into what is the importance of rivers today So because I had talked a little bit about some of the the big ones uh, that are you know interesting to us nowadays but it is interesting. How important rivers still are, and honestly, water travel in general—it's something like ninety percent of non-bulk uh, shipping still is based on water, and the most huh. reliable form of water travel is rivers because, you know, oceans have hurricanes and you know big, big scales of how reliable, you know, the weather will be, the currents will be, etc. Right. Uh, you know, trying to cross an ocean. Whereas rivers are extremely predictable. You can basically yeah uh, unless you're unless you get your uh you know your your ship stuck in the canal uh mostly get that wouldn't just, happen. No that it, will happen or I don't I don't know if that'll ever happen. But yeah. But you you can basically just rely on the power of the river to float down. Keep it, keep huh? it from hitting the shore, but otherwise, is very, very efficient cost wise.
1: Yeah, that it, makes sense.
0: And is still, you know, is still a very, very critical part of our global supply chain and lo- logistics supply chain of just how how the world works. And you wouldn't think that, like, you wouldn't think that rivers are still so important. You wouldn't think that water travel is still so important in the world yeah, where man. we have, uh, like, we've had trains. We have you know we have planes we have shipping trucks and all kinds of things it doesn't seem like a thing that people talk about much but it is still very important
1: no uh, you're, i think you're totally right um the the pandemic has totally done like given me some uh, not this exact type of perspective but an interesting perspective on this um do you know of uh the the ships off the california coast that are like they, there's like always this bottleneck for uh ships uh, to dock right now off the california coast with, i do not uh,
0: know this nick yeah. Tell
1: yeah okay i am not i'm not like super on top of this topic so i can't like dive into it super hard and it's not rivers right but it's it's tangentially related when it comes to uh how we uh ship and transport goods um but there's been a lot of ships off uh the Cal- uh, off the coast of california the pacific mm-hmm. coast um let me find you some pictures because the thing about this is that jeff this is like here this is like the, you know, I tell you, like, oh, yeah, I could, like, ride my bike to the, the beach if I wanted to. Oh, I can, like, you know, see the beach. Like, it's like a three-minute drive from my house. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is here, here for me. This is, like, nothing down the street for me. Uh, not, not all of these, but I can see ships all the time. Uh, like, they're just, just giant cargo ships just stuck off the coast. All the time because the, I I assume because of, uh, you know, because of like testing and whatever else, and because of the backlog of, uh, of shipped goods. Um, but it's, yeah, yeah. And this is talking about 21 cargo ships, uh, stuck uh, that were stuck, um, anchored offshore in Los Angeles and Long Beach. Um, but it's not always just these its not always just uh cargo ships um there's other kinds of ships that have been stuck too. there's just been a port backlog that i don't really understand exactly the reason Um, i've been told that there's like bottlenecks and stuff all over and it's not usually that they're stuck out there for weeks at a time but uh from one of the places i go mountain bike riding there's a view of the ocean from the top and you can just a lot of the time if you're out there you can just see ships just waiting to dock just all the time it's just life
0: that is crazy and oh,
1: man i
0: <laughs> i've done so much research on this nick we have to plow forward but i yes. i do genuinely like uh,
1: I didn't mean to det- detract very, from it. I wanted, no, I was just trying to add on to like I, I yeah, it, I it, it kind of come to my attention. I mean, everybody has with the Swiss canal thing. Water right?
0: sha- wa- <laughs> water shapping. Water shipping <laughs> is definitely a very interesting thing and is a thing that people do not realize how is like how critical it is in supply chains nowadays. Um, yeah. like it is it is incredibly important, so much still goes through it.
1: Um, And I don't think people realize just how important our supply chains are to us. We probably just think of things as like moving along and like you never have to usually worry about it, but uh, about shortages of things or about uh, shipping times. But you know that's because we have it incredibly efficient, right?
0: Oh, it is. It is ridiculously efficient. Okay, so I I've started doing all this research on rivers. We talked about rivers a good amount, and I could definitely talk about rivers longer. And I'm sorry to switch topics uh, to a more tangential topic than rivers or two rivers. But um, Nick, what I ended up looking at, so I looked at rivers. Rivers are really cool. There's lots of uh, you know agricultural benefits of rivers there's lots of uh you know shipping or, or parts of rivers there's lots of just general benefits of rivers and interesting things about rivers but what it made me do was start to look at shipping in general and then that made me go into the logistics of how like like quick shipping like how do we do overnight shipping right and because, like it, like, it was a very natural progression. Because, like, if you think about it, you know, going over water, that's going to take weeks. That's a right. long time. We, nowadays, are very used to the two-day shipping from Amazon. And even nowadays, one-day shipping from Amazon. And I think, is it, like, are you in the area of California where you can do same-day stuff? Uh, yeah, ish. Okay, have you ever had a, one, a same-day package delivered?
1: No, we don't. We don't try to. And uh, so I should say, um, no, I don't think where I am right now is. Uh, but I think that we can, if we want to use an Amazon locker, we just don't ever do that.
0: Okay. So, but it, like the fact that it is reasonably reasonable <laughs> yeah. that you would be able to is, I, I think, indicative of like it is. It is crazy the logistics that go into this sort of thing. So I've looked it up. And I want to give a lot of credit to – hold on. Let me look up the the channel because I do – I I have stolen enough of this that I feel like I need to. Uh, Windover Productions, uh, a lot of the things that uh, I'm going to mention here. And it really is just around the ridiculousness that is the ability that we have to do overnight shipping, uh, to do single-day shipping. So – Nick, uh do you know if you had to guess what are the three biggest shipping companies uh, that are really global players in the shipping business?
1: Oh, I mean, does does Amazon count? Does Amazon do its own shipping logistics or no?
0: Let's uh, let's exclude Amazon for a second.
1: Uh FedEx, got it. Uh after that, I don't know cuz uh, UPS and you the and the got, post- you, oh, you got yes. UPS. UPS is okay. one.
0: You uh, you can't do USPS because that's the just, that's just US. Yes. Okay, I, uh, I actually I, yeah. Do you know the um, Do you know
1: the third one? I actually
0: know this just because my wife has it, done lots of on international track? things. If it's no, on track, I'll it's set. no, it's not. It, no, it's DHL.
1: Oh, okay, sure, sure. Okay,
0: um, so here's the thing, Nick. They are way bigger than people realize. I, I was absolutely blown away learning about some of this stuff. Uh, for example, uh, FedEx is the largest cargo airline. They have something like uh, 600 some odd planes and they do north of, I think nowadays, I was looking at the updated statistics, something like 8 million packages a day. But they have hub airports. And what's interesting about these hub airports hmm. are they are strategically located and are absolutely, like, orders of magnitude bigger than the airports that are commercial airports in those areas. Like, unfathomably large. Because, like, at any given airport, Nick, like, you've been to yeah. many airports. There's, like, gates when you go all to the different airlines. There's, like, yep. I don't know, like, what, five, six or so airlines that are pretty major uh, where you have to go to the right gate and do all that stuff. So you've heard of Memphis, Tennessee. Do you think uh, Memphis, Tennessee as like, you know, the commercial, uh, the, the regular consumer's uh, hub of all United States travel?
1: So I, like, no, like yes, but like, I so I know that FedEx is uh, based out of Memphis, right?
0: Well, so here's the thing.
1: The area am oh, I putting the chick the, uh, the cart before the horse or whatever by assuming a little the, bit, a little bit. Yeah. Well, here's
0: it here's the thing. So oh. the, the mean population of the United States is fairly close to places like Memphis, Tennessee, and Louisville, Kentucky. Like, okay. like around that area. And so FedEx and UPS have made that be their absolute like main hub for all things shipping. And so if you go to the Memphis airport, the uh, like regular consumer side is like this regular sized airport. and then the uh, the FedEx side is like this like four time size airport that flies oh. to like five different continents and all like it's absolutely wild. Whereas like uh-huh. if from Memphis you could fly to like four or five different major airports in the United States, right? Whereas from the FedEx airport you can fly to like five con or five continents. It's absolutely crazy, that's, and that's... and same goes uh, for the UPS side on the Louisville uh, center that they have. Like it is absolutely crazy compared to the the consumer side like it, and honestly i looking at the maps of these the ups one is even crazier like it is it is a it is significantly larger than what the actual airport in louisville is uh it is it is just wild how, how I like i
1: was it just like tucked away and not in because i'm pretty sure i've had layovers in memphis and just not thought anything of it like you said like is it a big place I'm like, I know that like you know the, that FedEx is based out of there but so okay like yeah i could see it but they weren't like huge or anything. It, it makes it's like just hidden away it's just kind of tucked in as so many parts of our operations in america are
0: yeah so uh, like just to put all this in perspective um, you would be able to put a package into either FedEx or UPS monday in Miami, Florida. So like Southeast part of the United States. And you would be able to have that in Anchorage, Alaska, eight 30 AM the next day delivered to the consumer. Yeah. Because of this network and because of the, the layover in Memphis, what basically what that is, is every, everywhere that is most efficient to bring that to, which is a lot of places, because like I said, that's the mean population center of the United States. Um, they're able to get that to distribution centers across that, you know, all of the parts around that. And the places that are too far away from other distribution centers that are kind of like forks off of that, um, they have prop planes that pick up the packages from the location that they're flying to. So, like, for me, the closest is... Wait, what's, Oklahoma, a, what's a prop plane? Uh, oppo- as opposed to a jet. So oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah okay. like they have the propellers. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs>
1: <laughs> propeller point. That makes uh, yes. sense. I was like, what? It's a
0: what <laughs> now? Is it the dog? Okay, so let me let me say. So somebody who wanted to uh, single, like, who wanted to overnight me a package from Miami. Here's how it would go. Yes. They would. Uh, At some point in Miami, they would get it on to the jet that goes from Miami to Memphis. They would go through the sorting facility there, and they would go on a jet from Memphis to Oklahoma City. And then they would take a prop plane from Oklahoma City to Wichita, and then they would have the Wichita distribution go from that prop plane to the trucks to my house in the same day. Which is which is pretty wild. That's
1: that's a lot for one day. That's a lot for one day, Jeff. But
0: Nick, here's the thing. I'm just Wichita, Kansas. They do that across all major cities in the entire United States.
1: Yes. Without
0: that's exception. Nuts. How they do that is they have sub-hub airports. So it's not all just through Memphis. They if like if you're trying to go somewhere on the East Coast, they have places across the east coast that are like that if you have somewhere across the west coast they have west coast areas around there Uh, so it's not like everything has to fly all the way through memphis to go all the way to wherever it's going a lot of the major traffic ones that are like slightly less busy than memphis but still very busy are more on the west coast side because you know you all have a lot of people over there and that's pretty far away from memphis we do we do yeah But, um, but no, it is all just a interesting and ridiculous amount of logistical, uh, analysis that goes into these sort of things. It's absolutely, absolutely wild to continue on just some of the more interesting parts of this. So there are, I already mentioned Memphis and Louisville as major cargo ports, but one of the biggest, most important ports, uh, or hubs uh, that are so important to the global logistics chain lies somewhere in the United States, Nick, but probably not where you would expect. I want you to take a stab at where Ooh. in the United States do you think, not not the most, but probably globally the most important. Oh, huh. uh. There's not a lot of things that come in, not all the things that, that like, like, it is just really like a layover and a shipping, like... They, they do all of their, uh, like, sorting and stuff
1: like that at so this I port. Would, I, I would guess, like, a Midwestern place, then, if it's not, like, receiving. Um, oh, wait,
0: I, well, think about it. Where where does a lot of things that we buy come from? Like, I'm, I'll lead you on to this a little bit.
1: Oh, I don't know that. I mean, like, China.
0: Yeah, Asia.
1: Oh, uh, so so you're saying West Coast, then. Um, well, like, Seattle or Portland? Do
0: you want to you pull up a map? pull up a map okay a globe sure. a globe is a little easier to figure this out
1: because okay, i do i do, I do, I do want you to out.
0: give it i do what yeah get your globe out i do actually want you to give this a try though because i think it is interesting
1: uh, is it alaska
0: it is nick you oh, is it did Anchorage? it is it's it Anchorage. Anchorage. yeah oh, okay, okay
1: so Wait, i feel like i i feel like i've sort of known something like that that Anchorage is used for, like, as a port place a lot or something? I don't know. Continue. So, so Anchorage has, like,
0: 300,000 people or something like that. That's so small. It's smaller than my hometown. Well, of yeah. Wichita, if I count that. But, Nick, it is the fourth biggest port city in the – well, if you count the port city as where airplanes go – of the entire world – and that is Damn. just wild. But the reason is exactly that, is, is where Asia, so things that we get from China, from Japan, etc., that is where they land to refuel and also sort and then come to Memphis or any of the other subports uh, to get out to all the different places in the US. Um, the, oh. It's interesting because nowadays planes can make it easily to places like Memphis from China. Uh, but the the trade off is they have to carry mule, more fuel and carry less cargo because of that, and so financially okay. it still is well well in the green to land in Anchorage, do all the sorting and refueling and changing of crew and stuff like that, and then continue on to the U.S. All right, Nick, we should probably wrap this one up. I do have a little bit more to talk about on the topic of uh, rivers and agriculture and civilization, etc. Uh, we'll definitely talk about that on our Patreon podcast, the year we started another podcast. Uh, if you do want to check that out, you can go to patreon.com forward
1: slash Yep, and you can also follow us on Ty- uh, at TyWASAP on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and, but not Snapchat. And you can also find all of that at tiewhasapps.com. You're darn right you can. Nick, thank you for podding with me. (laughs) You're welcome. This has been the year we started the podcast. Thank you for listening.